Welcome to the Trail and Ultra Running Training Podcast. My name is Will Franz, and I'm here to help you improve your training so you can have more fun out on the trails. Welcome to Trail and Ultra Running Training. It's been a while, and I have had good reason, which I'll talk about in a minute. But first, when it comes to running, I just want to say, like, to get faster, you have to go faster. And I see a lot of people constantly running in this like slow zone two fun, cruisy pace in the mountains. And then they kind of wonder why they're not seeing any progress or getting faster. So if we're looking at speed, we can look at this from a few different metrics. Like one of them is neurological, which is why strides and strength work help so much. If you have a... If you don't have the like brain connection to your muscles to be able to drive really quickly and find that speed, then you're just not going to get it. So one of the ways that we can really start to improve speed is to just add some strides or accelerations or even just short hill repeats to your already like massive volume of zone two training if we're training for an ultra. The other thing is going to be VO2 max. And for a lot of people, I will just test this with like a mile run test and try and go like race a mile, see how it goes. And if it's really close to, I also tend to do a 10K test for a lot of people because the 10K is going to be about your critical velocity or lactate threshold, depending on your background. And a mile is going to be like very determined by neurological and VO2 stuff. And those two are pretty close. Like if you run a max eight minute mile and then your 10K is at like nine minute mile pace, then I know that we either need to get you stronger or that you need to boost your VO2 max. And this happens quite a lot, especially with people who have been training for trail and ultra and haven't done a lot of speed work. So for VO2, we want to push that because it's kind of your top end of your um, cardio physiology. So if your top end isn't very top, then (laughs) nothing else can really fit underneath it, right? We've talked about this concept before. Then there's things like critical velocity and lactate, and both of those are going to tend, they tend to be pretty similar. They're a little different. They have like subtle distinctions, but if you need to move up your critical velocity, then we need to spend a little time on that. If you need to move up your lactate, and usually if you train one, the other one likes dragged right along with it because they're so close. And I will say that one of my like toxic traits is that anybody who says the word lactic acid in terms of training I discount so much of everything you ever say because to me it sounds like you have not updated your physiology knowledge since you've taken middle school phys ed. It's lactate. We don't really do anything with lactic acid and like shuttling lactate. Lactate is a very important fuel and that is why it's so important. If we use a lot of lactate and we use it as a fuel, if we can train our body to use it better, you tend to do better. So training in these like lactate dynamics and pushing that that's one of the reasons the Norwegians are so successful when it comes to endurance sports. They spend a lot of time working this lactate threshold. It's low level lactate threshold, but it's still lactate threshold. So if we are going to get faster, we need to spend some time going faster. You will see improvements from going slow. You will see getting faster from going slow for a while. And some of that is just, if you're newer, everything's going to work. It doesn't really matter. Um, Some of it is that your body has different 
mechanisms for work and getting faster. If you um, look at CrossFitters who also run ultras, they actually spend a lot of time doing like 200 repeats and 800 repeats. And they're brutal, but it works on a certain pathway in your body, and you will still build a lot of mitochondria, which will help your endurance go up. It will help your aerobic base go up. And then from the other end, if you build a bigger aerobic base, you can just run longer. And if you throw in a few strides there and keep up the neurological, like you'll get better. And you'll get better at running. It will become an easier skill for you, which means that you will be more successful at every speed. So everything works for a while, but there are faster ways to make it happen. And if you want to get faster, then we need to push these bigger paces. So, and then if you also want to get faster further, so like if you want to get faster at longer distances, like marathons or ultra marathons or whatever, then, I mean, hell, even a 5K in relation to a mile, as Renato Canova says, like endurance is all about extension. Meaning if you want to run a sub three hour, hour marathon, then you really need to be able to run a sub seven minute mile. If you can't run a sub seven minute mile for a mile, there's no way that you're going to run that pace for 26, right? So we need to be speedier at the shorter distances if we're going to maintain that for the longer distances. I'm going to get into more of this later and how strength can play into that. And I want to release some like strength programming here soon, but as uh, I wanted to give a bit of an update as to why I've just been kind of like MIA for the last month. So I moved into this apartment, this like new space on April 28th. And that is because on April 21st, things went awry. Um, my last place was not on the lease. That'll be important. And in early March, my former roommate chose to foster three puppies. And at the end of that, she decided she was not going to adopt any of them. And then with her support, I chose to adopt Teddy, this little fuzzy turd laying behind me on the ground here. And I wanted to give her a first option because um, she was a foster parent and she was supportive in my choice to adopt him. And then over the next few weeks, things got weird in the house. And then on Friday, April 21st, I think that was the date. I know it was a Friday. Um, she says she wants to talk to me. She tells me that she felt really attached to Teddy and she felt like Teddy's owner and that I needed to either let her adopt Teddy or move out. And there were other things that I just don't want to get into and it's not big business. So, but I tell her like, I'm going to, I will be moving. So I move <laughs> and then things got really weird over the next couple days. And I ended up staying with a friend and former roommate, uh, the one I lived with for four years up in Park City. For, and I did that for about a week. And then on Friday the 28th, moved all my stuff out of the house. And then on that Saturday, moved all the stuff into here. And basically I got an ultimatum, give up my dog or move. And I dropped everything to find a new living situation and furnish it so that we have a good place to live. And now that I have a new living situation and I'm more or less done dealing with all of that, I 
and back to doing these things that I actually really enjoy doing, like providing information on running. And I'm not going to get into this any much any further, because like every story has three sides. It's yours, mine, and the truth. And I really don't want to make this a big like smear campaign on anybody. I have a small but still existing public platform, and that feels really inappropriate. So on the plus side, I live by myself now, and on the like negative side, rent is more expensive. I'm less stressed than I've been in a long time, and I'm working on figuring things out. So enough about that, but that is the update and why I've just been absent. What I really want to talk about in relation to that, because some of this has put things into perspective for me that I've been considering for a long time is priorities. Like I see a lot of influencer typey people like weaponize the idea of priorities where they'll say things like you're not getting results because it's not your priority. If you really cared about it, then you would do the work and get there. Fair, I guess. Like you're not wrong. You're not getting the results because it's not your priority, but it doesn't have to be is the other part. It doesn't have to be your priority to run this race in the manner that you said you wanted to four months ago. Right? Like I train people for months at a time and sometimes the goal that we set at the beginning is not the goal by the end. And there's multiple reasons for that. A lot of the time it's family, right? And like that is very relatable to me right now. He's not my kid, but he's kind of my kid. He's probably the most kid I'm going to have, if I'm being honest, especially in the very near, like, <laughs> any visible future. So, like, a lot of the time, people go through divorces, or they struggle, or they need to figure out stuff for their children, or things are going wrong. And if you need to take care of your family, then maybe your running takes less of a priority. And that's okay, because, you know, you're not getting paid to do it. It's not your job, and it's not how you take care of your family. Like, I have a race in less than a month, which is really weird to say. <laughs> it's going to go poorly. I'm going to have fun. It's a Spartan race up in Ogden. It's probably going to be hotter than the surface of the sun, and it is probably going to be really difficult, because I'm going to have to run uphill at a ski resort. And... I haven't done any training for about a month, and that's because it wasn't a priority for me, and that's okay. And what's not okay is if I was wondering, like, why is my race going to go poorly? Or if I went and did this race and I was pissed off that it went badly, but, because that's insane, right? <laughs> like, I haven't trained for a month for a race that's going to be really difficult. Of course it's going to go badly, but that's okay because I didn't make training a priority because I had other shit going on. And like I had a job, I had to take care of coaching athletes, I had to take care of my dog, I had to find a place to live. And if running were my job, it would be a different story because that first two things I said, job and coaching, all of that time would be dedicated to training because that would be my job, but it's not. It is a like fun time activity for me that is very important, but not what I do to make a living or take care of my family. So if I want to perform well, I have to make it a priority. If you want to perform well in your race, then you really have to prioritize your training. With that in mind, it doesn't have to be a priority 
because their th other things are usually more important. Just don't be surprised about your results if you haven't prioritized the training to get the results you really want. And then another thing that has been really put in perspective for me over the past month is like, try to focus on some of the positive stuff or like all of the positive stuff. My past 13 months have been challenging and many of you have heard about most of it. But like I've moved three times in 13 months and as someone who does a lot of self-reflecting, this often that this has caused me to think like what is wrong with me that has caused me to move three times in a little over a year. And I think that's healthy. Like that, that perspective and like that thought process is healthy, but dwelling on it is not because there are some things that I would like to do differently and act differently. And I'm working on them. I'm trying not to dwell on that because instead of giving that much power to two people, the first move was because Alex and I split and she and I are still close. And those are a lot of the things that I'm working on. Right. But the other two, if I dwell on those, that gives a lot of power to two people that I really never plan to or hope I ever see again. And I don't really like them or respect them all that much. And instead, maybe I should focus on the like 30 plus people who came out of the woodwork to support me, even if it was just like, hey, I know you're going through some shit, I'm here, text. And we can do that general thing in a lot of areas of life. It is very easy to dwell on the negative. It is very normal to dwell on the negative because it's kind of what keeps you alive if you are living elsewhere, like historically, right? Like if you get shunned from society, if you get ejected, if you like don't dwell on the negative, that's how you get eaten by a lion. But a lot of the time here, it's really unhealthy because it's just a great way to put your focus on stuff that often doesn't matter. It's not to say don't think about it. Again, like I have learned things in the past year that I do want to change, but getting myopically focused, which someone who's a little neurospicy, like I can get really myopically focused. If you get myopically focused on the like very negative things in your life, then that is what your, what your brain's going to do. It's going to be negative. So try and put a little reflection into the positive and focus on that while you work on the stuff you want to change. Like if you have one bad day of training, your whole training cycle isn't wasted or you're not like whatever bad things your brain wants to say to you. You had a bad day of training. And there are quite literally like a thousand reasons you might have a bad day of training. You might be dehydrated. Your sodium might be down. Maybe you ate poorly the day before. Maybe you slept poorly. Maybe it's a little wetter than usual and your brain was giving you signals that you might fall down. So you were pulling, a little bit, pulling back a little bit. Maybe it was just a bad day and there wasn't any reason for it. Right? Like there are a thousand reasons you may have a bad day of training. And while it's easy <laughs> to focus on that... It is also very easy for that to turn into letting one bad day of training destroy your entire training cycle, which is insanity because it can't. It was a bad day. You could have skipped that day because, let's go back to family, say your kid got sick, you skipped that day of training, you never knew it happened, and then we're not concerned about it anymore because it was just an un unintentional rest day that we'll figure it out. And yet we have one bad day of training and you let it mentally destroy months of work. It's fine.
Like even an off week isn't going to do that much damage. If we look at the strength training world, they've actually had people train um, in like four week blocks and the fourth week of like group A took completely off. And the fourth week of group B kept training. Group A actually ended up stronger because they got a deload. And yes, the like three weeks on, one week off block is very oversimplified. That's not the point here. The point is that a week of rest, and these people didn't like sit on the couch all week. They walked and stayed mobile. But a week of decent rest is not going to destroy you. If anything, it might make you stronger. Like I do a lot of unintentional deloads with myself and people I train because we kind of get after it. And then like that leads to like towing a line a little bit. And it's not necessarily great, but that's a lot of the ultra running community. Like, even if I tell you every day to kind of dial it back, like a lot of the people in this community are just going to send it. And then we end up on the borderline of overtrained and you might have this conversation like, Hey, I feel like garbage. And I felt like garbage for the past two days. Cool. We aggressively drop volume for that week, keep some strides in to make sure that we don't lose that neurological connection to speed and come back to it. And it has always been a powerful return. I've never had an un unintentional deload week not work. And I'm just not saying they don't, they always work, but they almost always work. So don't let your focus be completely on the bad stuff. It'll be fine. And if you need anything, I'm here. I got to get going so that I can drop him off at, uh, another doggy friend's house while I go to work. I'm glad to be back to doing these things. Sorry I've been MIA for so long. And the next couple of weeks, I'm going to drop some of the stuff that I was teasing before I had to like reverse John with my life. It's going to be a lot of strength programming and we're going to get into how strength makes you faster. Hope you have a really good day. Talk to you later. Thank you for listening to the Trail and Ultra Running Training Podcast. Honestly, I'm still surprised and honored that anybody wants to hear what I have to say, so thank you. To be clear, not a doctor, nor a registered dietitian, or any other kind of medical professional. I'm a personal trainer, a nutrition coach, and a running coach, and I have a passion for training trail runners. You should always speak with a qualified medical professional before making any changes to your training or nutrition program. If you enjoyed the podcast or found it helpful, please take a second to leave a rating or review. I'd really appreciate it or you could just share it with someone for whom you think it might be helpful. I make these kinds of things in order to provide more quality, free resources to people, so the more people who hear it, the better. If you want more of this information, please head to the Trail and Ultra Running Training group on Facebook, where we discuss all aspects of training, so you can have more fun doing the sport that you love. Thank you again for listening.